The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening to the On Purpose Growth Podcast. Let us know what you thought in the comment section. For more from On Purpose Growth, go to onpurposegrowth.com. Subscribe here at BLTV for all of our content, including the daily Learn About Law podcast, Seize Your Business, Making Real Estate Fun, and Logical Logistics podcast, brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. All right, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Seize Your Business podcast. And uh, today, I've got uh, Ken Wetworth of uh, Mr. Biz uh, Solutions on with me, and, and he's going to be uh, telling telling you more about his business, but I'm excited because today what we're going to be talking about is as a business owner, what should you be paying attention going into 21, 2021 based on what's going on with uh, the election that we just had and uh, the polit- political environment because things are changing and you need to pay attention. So Ken, I appreciate you being on and why don't you give a, a little background of, uh, of yourself and your business for everybody before we dive in. Yeah. First of all, Brian, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on and talk to the Seizure Business uh, podcast folks. Uh, so um, I, again, Ken Wentworth, I worked in the corporate world um, at a Fortune 15 company, rose to the top 3% and decided I needed to, I could make a bigger impact elsewhere and, uh, and left, left that career, didn't even know what I was going to do next, um, left and kind of figured out uh, along the way what that was. And in the meantime, I've I uh, started my, I have my own radio show, Mr. Biz Radio, which now we're four years into that and it, it airs for 40 hours a week now. Um, it's wow. been absolutely crazy, the growth we've had. And then um, I've written two best-selling books, uh, How to Be a Cashflow Pro, Pathway to Profits. Um, and so, and I, in a short, the way I phrase it is I help business owners operate their businesses more profitably, more efficiently hmm. as an on-demand CFO, part-time CFO go in and help them, you know, figure out not only the financial side, but the overall view. And it's sometimes we get as business owners get stuck in the weeds, right? And it's hard to really pick your head up out of those weeds and think in a more strategic, uh, from a strategic vantage point. And that's one of the things that, that I can help with, uh, especially, you know, as a, as a uh, CFO type of a resource. Well, this is helpful. And I appreciate you, you explain that because what we're talking about today is, is, you know, not getting in the weeds of, who specifically got elected or anything like that, but how can we strategically think about what's going on and how that affects a business owner going into 2021. So I'm eager to learn, uh, you know, what, what, what you feel and what you think, because uh, you, you definitely got the season background to understand. Yeah. And so it's interesting. I think with, at this stage, um, a big piece of this, and again, I don't want to get too far on the political side of it, but yeah. I think it's important to understand sort of some of the checks and balances and the levers that are in place is I think a really key aspect will be the runoff for the Georgia Senate seats Mm. um, because that's going to determine who controls the Senate. And I think that's critically important because that could shift how we need to sort of bob and weave with this because as everyone knows in the United States, you know, the Democrats control the the, uh, Congress, Mm. I'm sorry, the House. And if they also control the Senate and then obviously with a democratic white house, they've got everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they've got the majority and all. So it's going to be much easier for them to be able to pass the things that they, you know, that they want to pass through without probably much chance of any sort of um, uh, disruption to that. 
Um, that being said, it seems, or the last I read at least, it seems that uh, the likelihood is, and again, we know how accurate polls are <laughs> from the 2016 presidential election yeah. and this one, as a matter of fact. Uh, so who knows? But um, the last I've seen, it appears as though the Republicans will remain uh, in control of the Senate, which I think is, is, is actually a good thing. No matter which side of the fence you sit yeah. on, I think is a good thing. And I actually had someone, uh, it was very interesting, I, I saw someone being interviewed, a, a political analyst that said, you know, probably the best thing for Joe Biden is if the Republicans remain in control of the Senate, which seems counterintuitive. And the way he explained it was that Biden is more of a moderate, generally mm -hmm. speaking. He did campaign on some far left things. But, you know, if, if, if there's, there's a check and balance there and the Republicans control the Senate, Biden can lean on that to say, hey, I can't, you know, to his left, most left uh, supporters, he can say, hey, I can't get all this stuff through because we don't control the Senate. So it mm -hmm. gives him an, a, a chance to be more moderate, which I think yeah. is generally um, more of what he generally has been. But that said, um, you know, assuming that the Republicans keep the Senate, uh, and even if they don't, I, I don't think, again, I think Biden, generally speaking, his, his, what he's, um, his campaign platform has been on, you know, taxes, um, there's going to be some changes. And it will be, uh, and I anticipate, again, if, if everyone does what they say they were going yeah. to do, which as we both know, doesn't always happen. Not always. Um, I think it will be, yeah, I think it will be, it won't be as favorable for small business owners uh, specifically as it has been the last four years. However, I don't think it'll be anything too extreme. I think the bigger impact will be on larger businesses mm -hmm. and folks, excuse me, that are at the higher end of the income scale. Um, and I, I've, read a whole bunch of different pieces um, that analyzed Biden's platform on business and taxes and a, a lot of different sources. So I've read some left-wing sources, some right-wing sources, and some sort of uh, third-party sort of, you know, uh, allegedly unbiased. And I think what I've uh, come down to with, you know, uh, conglomerating all those together is that, again, I think generally speaking, what will happen is people in the higher tax brackets are going to uh, have an increase in their taxes. Um, when you, uh, small businesses um, potentially are going to see a slight increase, but I think until you're up in the 20 plus million dollar business uh, mm -hmm. stratosphere, I think anything under 20 million should see not much of, a, of an impact. The corporates, I think uh, one of the big things that he's run on is increasing the corporate tax rate. So for the mm -hmm. large companies, Fortune 500 type companies, um, I would expect to see that. Now, the impact that that could have is that you're going to have a lot potentially some people losing their jobs, hmm. right? Because as corporate tax rates go up, they're going to have to cut expenses in order to pay the taxes, et cetera. And so they could be, those larger corporations could be looking for ways to decrease their expense base, which of course, a lot of, in a lot of cases, one of their largest expense bases is their employee resource mm -hmm. base. So, um, you know, if anything, it could have an impact on unemployment. Um, you could see more businesses hmm. moving more towards uh, artificial intelligence, AI. You've already begun to see it. And um, it's, it's interesting as a side note, um, well, actually as a sort of a tangent to that topic is, you know, minimum wage. Um, that is one of the things that I think could, will likely happen and will have the biggest impact on small businesses is if they pass a mandatory $15 an hour minimum for, uh, on the minimum wage, um, that's going to have a massive impact on small business if they're able to get that through. Honestly, if I were a betting man, I would think again, if, I, if I'm assuming that the Republicans will continue to hold, uh, hold the Senate, 
is that there'll be a compromise. Um, yeah. I don't know that it'll end up being 15, but it could end up being, I don't know, 12, let's say. Yeah. Um, I think in order to get that through, the Republicans maybe lean a little bit, Democrats lean a little bit, and they end up with that. But um, that could have a big impact on small businesses, depending on the type of business you have. You know, if you have a professional firm and you're running a, a, a law firm, for example, probably not much of an impact because most of the people are probably making well above $15 an hour, $12 an hour, whatever right, it may be. Right. But if you have a small manufacturing company, let's say, and you're in a low cost area, and that's where it's going to have the biggest impact. And that's, you know, sort of some of the Midwest and some of these uh, smaller yeah. areas. You know, New York City, is, it's not going to have an impact because people at McDonald's make $15 an hour in New York City now. Um, right. And, you know, the Houston's, the Chicago's, the LA's, the San Francisco's, those folks are already making, you know, because they have to, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's not going to have much of an impact in those cities. But, you know, as they, you know, grocery stores are going to have more and more self-checkout, mm -hmm. right? They're going to be utilizing that more and more. Gosh, Brian, you go to, you know, McDonald's nowadays, you know, most McDonald's right. now, you know, have the, essentially the self-checkout, same sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, you know, and the thing is people, uh, I think, sort of take too much of a microcosm view of that. And they say, oh, I'll, you know, when I go to the grocery store, I'll never do self-checkout because I don't want to take someone's job. And I think that's fine. You can do that, but don't complain when milk is four or $5 a gallon. Right. Right. Because they're trying to cut expenses. And if they have the higher minimum wage, which people want higher minimum wage, but they don't want to do self-checkout. It's like, well, one kind of drives the other in a lot of cases because yep. you've got these uh, corporations, let's say in this example, grocery stores, they need to lower their cost base. And if the minimum wage goes up to $15 and right now they're paying, I don't know, $10, you may say, oh, 10 to $15, not a big deal. That's a 50% increase. Yeah. Over how many people, right? Over like. how many people, exactly. And so, you know, to keep their prices competitive, they have to look for ways and, and their food costs aren't going to go down. As a matter of fact, wait, they're going to go up. Yeah, because right. Because exactly. suppliers are paying $15 an hour for a job that they may have been paying eight or $10 an hour for. So again, you're going to have grocery stores in that scenario really starting to compress their expenses and think, where can we save? Well, the employee base is a way to save. How can we, frankly, they're going to look at how can we eliminate some of that? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, maybe that, I have no idea what a, what a self-checkout, uh, you know, scanner. Technician. In, but, oh yeah. The, you know, the, well, even with the actual device. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that, you know, here's the thing. I mean, it, it sounds a little blunt and harsh, but that machine never calls in sick. That machine doesn't have daycare issues. That machine doesn't have take smoke breaks. That you know, um, so that initial investment in that machine is you know pays off over the long haul significantly. Um, so again, I think people when they look at things in just a microcosm and say, "Gosh, everyone should make fifteen dollars an hour," mm -hmm. and there some of those folks are also the ones that complain that they don't want to do self checkout, <laughs> and they complain if you know the cost of milk or their groceries goes up, and you know they all drive uh, one another. This increased uh, minimum wage, if you look at where it's been done, for example, in uh, Seattle, it's been done. Mm -hmm. You look at the results of it; it's not good um, overall. People don't realize everything's going to go up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, now you make $15 an hour for, you know, a minimum wage job, but now everything else goes up as well, right? Your cost of living goes up to sort of match that because as I mentioned, even with the grocery store, their suppliers are going to now have to pay $15 an hour to get the food to the grocery store for you to buy. So mm -hmm. it's all going to be a trickle down effect. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're making more, you're making $15 an hour instead of 10 or 12, maybe let's say in that scenario, but now your grocery cost has gone up by 10% and the cost right. of gas 
potentially gas is sort of insulated from it, but you know, just the general cost of living is going to go up. I mean, think about the absolute trickle down effect. It is, it's going to impact almost everything. If you live in an apartment, it's going to have an impact on you. You say, well, Ken, how would it have that impact? Well, the maintenance guys who take care of the grounds and take care of all the maintenance around, you know, fix your, your light and your this and your that. Now those guys may, 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 may make more easy for me to yep. say. Um, and so now the, the property owner is going to pass that down to you. Your rent's going to go up yep. because now his costs are going up. So I think, again, a lot of people don't think about the full trickle down impact on that. So um, that's one of the things for sure. I think that will most is most likely to happen and most likely to have the, the biggest uh, impact on, on small business owners. Well, I think it, one thing you said earlier, I think it, or may inferred about artificial intelligence. What I think this is doing for small business owners is forcing them to innovate in general more to keep up with the times because you're not going to be able to, I don't want to say, I don't want to not afford the skilled worker, but skilled labor is going to be more expensive. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. You know, and, and, you know, as far as innovation and, and artificial intelligence and things like that, I mean, think about it, you know, and Brian, I think your, our ages are probably similar enough and, and probably I'm guessing most of your listeners wouldn't understand the reference, but, you know, think of Blockbuster Video. Yeah. As far as innovation, right? Do you, know, do you have any idea, and this is interesting because I did the research because I actually um, was interviewed on a, a couple of a TV shows about this, but um, Netflix, mm-hmm. the guy who started Netflix, you'll never guess, Brian, why he started Netflix. Get this one, and you'll appreciate this because you probably had some Blockbuster experiences. He went to Blockbuster Video, turned in his video late, and had a $40 late charge and got super ticked off and said, this is ridiculous. There has to be a better way. Mm -hmm. And he developed Netflix because of being ticked off about the late fees. And he said, I'll never have late fees. And people forget, especially some of the younger folks that might be listening, Netflix off as a streaming service right it started off as dvds you would have you know you, you would get mailed dvds and you mm-hmm. keep them as long as you want but you couldn't get another one until you sent in yep. you know the one you had uh, but no late fees and that's how it all started that innovation he said gosh this is a terrible model um interestingly enough um just as a side note to the whole blockbuster and innovation and sort of thinking ahead is um Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix for $50 million. I heard this. And they turned it down and said, no, we're good. And I think it was, uh, was I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was four years later, uh, Blockbuster declared bankruptcy. Wow. That's fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's, it's, and I use that example because I think at least for folks who are old enough to know what the heck Blockbuster is and what it represented is it is it shows the sheer importance of thinking of head not, not just from the pandemic and how you know the new normal as everyone likes to say but you know it's it's super important i don't want to get too far off the topic i know we we're talking about election results and those yeah. impacts but i think for innovation as you mentioned i think that's a great example and it just shows how critical it is to be thinking ahead not only because of the pandemic and things like that but also potentially on what impact are the election results going to have and how should you begin to start to think about that again, minimum wage, or yep. how can you automate some of the things that you do in your business, uh, whether it's with AI or whatnot, but um, really thinking innovatively outside the box. I encourage business owners, um, all, all of them, I don't care what kind of business you have. And I'll tell you, I was guilty of this myself, is you have to take time at least every month 
to like just completely shut down everything mm -hmm. and only think about strategic and innovation and things like that. We get ca so caught up in all of the weeds and all everything of the everyday life and, and running the business and putting out fires and thinking very tactically that all of a sudden you could look up and you, you're a blockbuster. Yeah. Your blockbuster video. And it's like, holy crap, I didn't even think about this, right? And, and, and there may have been opportunities and signs, but you had your head down so far in the weeds that you never had an opportunity to do that. Um, uh, and uh, again, I, I got this lesson, you know, here I am a strategic uh, business partner and I wasn't even doing it with my own businesses. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy crap, what the heck? But um, Sarah Blakely, who started Spanx, um, yeah. anyone's familiar with the undergarments, she said that once a quarter, she has, she has thinking weekends. And she goes by herself, no family, you know, no kids, no husband, no one else, 100% by herself. She said, I take a notepad and I take my laptop and I, I, I drive somewhere an hour, two hours away from my home and I stay for the weekend. And all I do is think about, you know, innovation and strategic uh, ideas and initiatives for the future. You know, what's this going to look like in 10 years? I want to make sure I'm staying out in front. She said she does that once a quarter. Um, and, I, and I think about that. I mean, she, She's been moderately successful. I mean, she's the yeah. youngest female. Uh, actually, she was the youngest female billionaire uh, business oh, really? owner until Kylie Jenner came along. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. I yeah. did not remember. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, again, I don't want to get too far off the election uh, impact, but that, I think, you know, the, the thing to tie that, that ties that back in is thinking about these things, thinking about, okay, again, if the likelihood is that the minimum wage is going to increase and, and whether it you know, goes up to 10, 12, 15, whatever it may end up being, what does that mean for your business? Not just, you know, if it gets passed in March, what's that mean for your business in April? What's that mean for your business in April of 2023? You right. know, what is three years impact of that? You know, two years impact of that? What's that look like for your business? And then even further out, what things you should you be investing in now to ensure that you don't get left behind to where maybe some of your competitors have implemented some of the things and thought ahead and then you find yourself three years down the road behind the eight ball and, and, and really having a difficult time, you know, working yourself out of a challenging situation. Yeah, because it, it really, in my mind, it really doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It matters how I understand it and how I use it for the future. Right? Right. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's why I think it's good to take all of this in. I mean, again, election, election results being... Um, one of those things is, you know, thinking about it, because again, let's say that, you know, staying on the whole minimum wage in impact, let's say that gets passed at some point in 2021, you know, Biden will be in office for, for four years. Um, mm -hmm. And so, or at least the Democrats will be controlling the White House for four years. That minimum wage, what are the chances, Brian? I mean, if you were, if you were a betting man, if the, if the minimum wage goes up to 12 or $15 an hour in 2021, I don't care what happens in future elections and who controls what, what are the chances it's going to get knocked down? Oh, right. Zero. Zero, zero right. The Republicans zero. can hold everything and hold all the control. There's no way it would be a political you, nightmare yeah, for them yeah. to try to say, Oh, we don't want to pay everyone $15 an hour. You're going to go back to 12. I mean, it's never going to happen. So once it's there, it's there and it's only going to go up in the future, of course. So really start thinking about that depending on the type of business you have, if you have, you know, a decent chunk of your employees that are in that range that are less than $15 an hour now, what impact is that going to have on you? You should have been running numbers already, honestly. Yeah. Of, let's assume I have to move everyone to a minimum of 15. And by the way, 
Think about this other impact. Let's say, for example, that you have, I don't know, a quarter of your workforce that's below uh, $15 an hour now, and you go, oh my gosh, I got to move them up. What about the people that are making 15 to 17 and they go, wait a minute, yeah. I've got a bit but more experience and a better skill set than these people who just got moved up into my range. I need a raise as well now, yep. right? To, to make it commensurate, I need to be, I need to be bumped up $3 an hour, $5 an hour. Now, what impact is that? How yeah. do you handle you know, that situation? And now we're getting like almost X, not exponential, but almost, I guess maybe almost exponential because it's compounding, right? It's the, right. the, the $3 he gave from the guy from 12 to 15 is now, you know, another $3 for the guy you had to move from 15 to 18 or exactly. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, most small businesses are going to, you know, let's say you run a small manufacturing company. You probably have a lot of people in the, in that sort of in that, you know, mm -hmm. 10 to $20 range. Um, that could, you know, that could be a really detrimental situation for them. So again, thinking about that, Hey, temporarily, you know, again, maybe, you know, maybe you've thought about some, um, some automation, some new machinery, let's mm -hmm. say that automates some of the process and you not pull the trigger on that. Maybe now's the time to make that investment. And, mm -hmm. and if you, if you have the wherewithal capital to do that, and make that investment now so it's going to pay off for you, you know, starting in three years and, out and going forward into the mm -hmm. future in that scenario. So you don't end up with, you know, you've got, uh, you know, your average, let's say your average labor costs right now to your, to your point, Brian, of you've got people from 12 and you've got to move them to 15 and 15 to 18. Let's say your average cost now is 15. What's the impact going to be if, if mm -hmm. the minimum wage goes to 15? Is your average now $20 an hour? Yeah. Well, again, that's a 33% increase. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's big. I mean, depending on the size of your company and the number of employees you have, that's a really big impact. Um, so you got to start thinking about those things so you don't get left and caught behind, uh, you know, the eight ball in the, that, that scenario. Yeah. Cause I mean, even if I think about like profit margins, do I have enough profit margin built in my product? And, and, and if this is happening to me, what about my suppliers? Right. And, and are that, they going to charge more? Right. It, this is just like a, uh, uh, I don't want to say collateral damage, but a, uh, it's a, a, a domino effect on things. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can bet that. I mean, again, as, as I was mentioning earlier with the grocery stores, your suppliers in, in, in a national, you know, federal minimum wage increase, your suppliers, unless they're outside the United States, they're going to increase their costs, uh, mm -hmm. their, their charges to you. And again, you have to take that into consideration as well, um, because how much control do you have over that? Right. Probably minimal. I mean, you can rebid things and things like that, but everyone's going to be impacted in the same way, um, mm -hmm. similar ways at least. And so, uh, yeah, the impact of that is going to be huge. And depending on what industry you're in. So what is the price elasticity that your customers have? Mm -hmm. Again, not to get too much in economics and weeds yeah. and all that, but you know, depending if your, your, your product or service is very, uh, another way of putting it is very cost sensitive, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. So a customer would leave you if they could get it for 10 cents cheaper down the street. Right. Holy crap. Now what, right? Your vendor, your vendors have, are charging you more. Your employee costs have gone up. And if you can lose customers over 10 cent change in your price, you really need to start thinking about how you're going to, you know, implement all this. Yeah. Not now, now you're getting into, Hey, what's my overall business strategy, right? Because I can't be the, the, the low cost provider, right? I need to figure out a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, sometimes, and here, here's an option that when I say this, it's going to sound really obvious, but I find far too many people don't consider it is 
when you do that analysis to your point, Brian, what's your, you know, what's your, uh, your strategy look like going forward in your model, you may find when you do that and you start to do some projections, you may say, you know what, these three products, we can't offer them at a competitive rate anymore in this environment. We got to cut them. And by the way, let's cut them now. Right. right. Why hold on? Like, let's start moving forward. Let's take the money we have invested in those products and let's, in, let, let's create some new products that are more, uh, that can still have a decent margin on them that will be profitable three years from now and five and 10 years from now, at least as far as we can see, as opposed to holding on to everyone says, Oh my gosh, I provide this. I can't, I can't cut back on my products. If you can't offer a product um, at, at the profit margins you should be at in your industry, you got to cut it. You have yeah. to either figure out how you can offer it competitively and at the profit margin you need, or you have to cut it. I mean, it, there's really only two solutions and not many people consider the latter. What happens is what I've seen uh, very often is they keep the products yeah. and those products end up being what I call the silent business killer. Mm -hmm. And the silent business killer are products and services that you have that are actually unprofitable. And I call it silent because of course, Brian, when I tell an owner that the owner goes, Ken, why would I have a product or service that's unprofitable? Why would I do that? You don't realize you have it. Exactly. It's silent, right? And, and what happens even more often is those, that product or service is a high volume product for you. Mm -hmm. So you're selling more, your revenue, think about this, your revenue is going up because you're selling this thing like crazy, right? But you're losing money for every unit of that product that you sell. Yep. So your, your sales, your revenue is going up and you're losing more and more money right? It seems completely counterintuitive. So as a business owner that doesn't understand the full financial model of their business, they look at it and they go, something's wrong. Like, is someone stealing from me? Like, is someone, yeah. you know, uh, you know, stealing money? Because it just doesn't make sense. It, more than likely, that's what it is. You have a silent business killer that's lurking in your business. And I see it all the time. Almost every business I've ever worked with has at least one of those products or services. Mm -hmm. So again, we go through the same exercise of how can we offer it more competitively? And if we can't, do we need to, you know, do we need to cut it uh, or we continue to offer it? We offer it a higher price and we only offer it just as a, almost like as a convenience because it's maybe yeah. it's such a complimentary product to other things we offer. And if people are willing to pay that higher price for it, great. If they're not, that's okay too. We want to keep it in our product offering though, mm -hmm. but you have to have a price at that appropriate margin. So. So how, how important is it for in a time like we're in now? Like let's, it's, it's this, change in the guard in, in our political kind of makeup, but then also layered on top of that is, you know, we're in a pandemic. I was going to say we're at the end of it, but God knows, right? Right, right. Um, so how important is, is it just to go through the exercise that you're talking about right now? Oh, super important. I mean, what I would say is um, not to sound negative, but you should have done it six months ago or more. Mm -hmm. I, well, actually, you know, yeah. I, I was beginning to position my clients in, um, in uh, like the uh, April timeframe of 2019 yeah, yeah. For, for an economic downturn. So here's the funny part, Brian. So I, I'm talking with my clients and I'm like, Hey, you know, we're always sort of positioning ourselves and building a strong balance sheet, mm -hmm. but you know, there's an economic downturn coming mm -hmm. and it's funny, you know, my clients are all, to, to a T every single one of them was like, Oh my gosh, Ken, you're paranoid. <laughs> You know, and I said, look, you know, we've had 10 years right. of tendered prosperity and I'm not being negative or, you know, whatever. It's just part of the business cycle. Right? Cycles, cycles. That's it. It goes up, it goes down. 10 years straight. I mean, a typical business cycle is five years. If you look at the average over the last okay. you know, 100 years or so, it's about five years. You have five years of prosperity. You have a, a dip 
and then things go back up for five years and then you have a dip. Um, and we had 10 years. And so I said that it is coming. We have to make sure we're prepared because not all of our competitors will be prepared. And that'll give us opportunity to be able to do a lot of different things and, and grow during that time. And that's exactly what's happened. So fast forward, we get into this year, March, April of this year, my clients are like, oh my gosh, you're like freaking Nostradamus. Like, how you, I'm like, hold on, I had no idea that a pandemic yeah, was going yeah, yeah. to you know, induce this, this economic downturn. But, um, and we were positioning to be ready that a downturn would start on July 1st of 2020. So we oh, okay. right, even with that, we were sort of not completely out in front of it. But, you know, I've got uh, several clients that are, and I, know I hesitate to say this because I know some of your listeners will be like, really? But we have, I have several clients that this year in 2020, despite the pandemic, are going to have a record-breaking year. Awesome. I because we were positioned mm-hmm. and, uh, well, with two in particular, their competitors did not make it through. Oh. And so, so it gave us an oppor- a business opportunity as well as an opportunity to save jobs mm. and create opportunity. So their competitors didn't make it through. Well, now they have a customer base that needs serviced mm-hmm. that we can service. And now because we're servicing that and we have higher volume, we need to hire. So we're hiring during a pandemic, right? Crazy. Wow. But we're saving those jobs. So now we can tap into that experienced seasoned, uh, you know, labor market and those people don't lose their jobs. Right. Um, so it, it was a, a huge win-win, um, especially for two of my clients um, that are going to, and, and the one that's having a record-breaking year this year, last year was his, his best year ever. And he's been in business for 18, 19 years now. So, wow. you know, it's not like a startup that all oh, you, you're, yeah. you know, you're having a lot of growth in the initial stages. So super important to, be, you know, again, it's that strategic vision. It's, it's mm-hmm. thinking ahead and what's that going to look like and making sure you're properly positioned for that. Um, and, and so, yeah, a lot of the things that we're doing right now, I'm doing the last six weeks of the year are doing the same thing, thinking of 2021, at least 2021. And actually we're running projections out through the end of 2022 Oh wow! of what does that look like? We are running cash projections and trying to see, frankly, you know, again, especially with the, the few clients I have, they're having record breaking years. We're in a position to where it's like, well, how are we going to, what kind of tax strategies can we implement? Right. So we can be killed on taxes this year. Exactly. What are the things that we can invest in the business, lower our tax base at the same time that will help us just propel into 2021 and beyond and have massive growth. Um, and so that's what we're looking at now uh, for those, again, very fortunate to be in the, that position. Um, I've, I've told both those th- the, the two owners that are having record breaking years, I said, don't tell all your business owner friends that you're having a record breaking year. Like yeah. they, might, they might, you know, drop kick you or something. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Um, that's, that's great. I mean, that's awesome to hear. I love hearing that because I, I believe that with proper strategies, proper planning, um, just being honest with yourself and, and, and looking into the future, you can achieve things like that. It's, you know, uh, it, 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 what frustrates me is, is when, when I know good people can do that and they don't, uh, because I know where they can go. So, um, and again, I think Brian, my experience has been, it's not necessarily, it's, it's, it's more so that they just, they're so wrapped up in running their business day to day that they just don't take the time. Not, not that they're being negligent in what, in what, in any way, shape or form, it's just they're not thinking, and especially again, given the ten years of unhindered growth and prosperity we've yeah. had in the United States, we had in the United States, 
after a while, you become, for lack of a better term, fat, dumb, and happy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. Everything's going to continue to go up, right? We'll continue to increase sales every year. Um, and it's just not the reality of, you know, the business cycle. So, um, but that is so, so important is, is having that strategic vision. And I learned a lot of this in the corporate world. Um, you know, I was at JP Morgan Chase uh, mm. in, in the corporate world and we built a very strong balance sheet. And when the 0809 economic crisis hit, you know, at Chase, we were able to buy Washington Mutual and we were able to buy Bear yeah. Stearns at deep discounts right. and, and save them from catastrophe right um and be able to step in and serve their customer base and it was a great opportunity for us as a company at the time um and so again i, I saw that firsthand and was involved with with a lot of that stuff and some of the due diligence around that so that's really been ingrained in my head mm -hmm. uh from my corporate days and so i'm i'm very thankful and grateful that i've been able to sort of use that now with what i do to to help some of these owners and again there are, you know, some of my clients, are, again, they think I'm like Nostradamus and like predicting the future and all this other stuff. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's not, it's not really that cool, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's really just, again, we just don't have the time. We don't take the time often enough to really think ahead and, uh, and, and what that looks like. Well, th this was great. And I appreciate you taking the time to really pass on the mindset, right? I know we got in the weeds some places, but what, what I really heard you express was this mindset on how to look at things because the situation is going to be different for everybody who's going through this and listening or watching. So I, uh, I, I'm grateful you passed that along. So why don't you go ahead and uh, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you if, if they want to reach out and learn more about what you do or just learn more of your insights. Yeah. Um, go out to MrBizSolutions.com. Uh, that's our primary website. You can find a lot of stuff there. Um, I've got a YouTube channel, MrBiz. Uh, honestly, on, I follow us on social media. I've got yeah. uh, I'm on almost all the social media channels. If you look for Mr. Biz, you'll find me. Um, but our YouTube channel's got, I don't know, over a hundred videos of, most of the videos are like four to six minutes long on specific mm -hmm. topics. So, and we have playlists. So you can go out and say, for example, I need help with cash flow. You can go out to our cash flow playlist and see all of our cash flow videos and, you know, pick out the ones that are most pertinent to the situation you're in. Hopefully it'd be helpful for you. And, uh, I'd be, uh, I'd be thankful to have, uh, you know, people following and, and getting some free content and hopefully helpful content. Cool. And anybody listening or watching, if you didn't write all that stuff down, don't worry. Wherever you're listening or watching this, you'll find all of uh, his Ken's social media links. We'll, we'll share those. So, so don't worry. And uh, just start looking around uh, after you are watching or seeing this. So, well, again, Ken, appreciate your time, man. I, this is awesome. And uh, thanks for everybody for tuning into this episode of the Seizure Business Podcast. And we'll see you on the next one. I'm Brian McDonald from All Purpose Growth. And uh, everybody take care. Thanks, Ken. Yep, thank you. The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy.